gentlemen, girls, and gays, bays, thems, unicorns, anyone who is listening to this great episode of the Grid Sisters podcast. Welcome back from the summer break. Woo! I'm Lauren. I'm Tess. And today we're talking all things the Belgian GP. Now, you're going to have mm-hmm. to bear with us a little bit. Both of us are losing our voice slightly. Tess went to a concert last night. I have been in seven states in the past seven days and was at a theme park one of those days. So we're both a little rough on the voice front, but we're yeah. just going to take it as like, this is an edgy, our voice is doing an edgy look right now. So we're doing an edgy thing. Yeah. So just bear with us because we want to, we want to get this out. Yeah. All right. Going right into podium points. Yeah, let's jump right into podium points. Um, there yeah. were quite a few talking points from this race. I thought it was a great race. So mm-hmm. let's jump right into it. Okay. So I'm going to start from, let's do my number three, uh, which is going to be Seb defending Daniel throughout press throughout the weekend um he had quite a few things to say like I think Daniel is an amazing driver I think he completely still belongs in the sport he's not done he's like he was my teammate and he's incredible and I think it looks bad for McLaren that they gave up and kind of let go and stopped being so creative in ways to make it work because Daniel is an amazing driver it wasn't clicking and sometimes it just doesn't click but there is definitely more that could have been done, I think. And I think sometimes people forget that it's a give and take on both sides. It's driver and teammate. And I think driver, driver-wise, driver Daniel's done a very good job at putting in the effort. But the mm-hmm. thing that's so frustrating, especially on McLaren's and, you know, as a fan, is that Formula One is all about innovation. Like, innovation is the core of Formula One. How can I make this yeah. better, faster, lighter, stronger, quicker, more powerful? That is what Formula One is about. And it's so frustrating to see that McLaren essentially just gave up on Daniel. Yeah. They said, mm, you're not worth our time. Yeah. And, and I do have something else sad. to talk about with this later. But yeah, I definitely think, I think it was nice to hear Seb. Who's so respected. Who, in, exactly. In this say, sport. Say, you know what? Like Daniel's not washed out. He's not done you guys are making a mistake. And I loved in the press conference hearing him once again, defend, defend Daniel, even though Daniel's sitting three people away from him and Daniel say like, I would love to stay if I have to take a year break, because there's no contract for me at any team, I would, but I would love to stay. So listen, I don't know what's going to happen. I will take Daniel Ricardo in formula one in any way I can get it at this point. Like, I know this isn't happening, but he could go back to Red Bull and I'd be happy about it. So I don't, I don't know I would what to say <laughs> at this point. Like, I don't want to see him go. I agree with Seb completely. I also love that we're seeing this side to Seb. As someone who watched Formula One, I, I wasn't watching during Seb's, you know, glory days and him winning with Red Bull so consistently when he was really young. But I did watch Formula One through Seb's kind of, not quite post-Red Bull career, but post-Red Bull dominance. And it's been really fascinating to see his maturity, how much he's matured, how much he's grown. And I'd love to see this sympathy from him as a driver. It's something that, I mean, this might be a little bit of a hot take, but I get frustrated with Lando about, and I think I've tried to defend Lando on it multiple times before. And 
this is one of those things where I just I have a hard time, you know, defending the I have no sympathy for my teammate. So I just recently had a conversation about this with a friend. I think Lando is a lot like Max in certain ways where they are very blunt. Mm -hmm. And I think that they are also very good friends. And I think you won't hear like Max is never going to be like, I have no sympathy for Checo, but he's not going to, but he's not going to sit there and be like, yeah, it's really too bad for Checo. I'm super, super bummed for him. Blah, blah, blah. Lando also, I think has this like sense of humor that isn't really funny. (laughs) like where he says things like he posted on his Instagram story during the driver parade like OMG so many McLaren fans going past all the the Dutch army yeah yeah like I'm like like I'm like people would see that and be like oh Lando like that's so embarrassing like that's not like those aren't McLaren fans but it's like Lando just has this sense of humor whatever so I feel like I feel like he's not being vicious when he and says. And that's the thing is I don't think it's vicious, but I also just have such a hard time with It the, feels out of touch. Yeah, yeah. It, mm-hmm. it does feel out of touch, especially because he is the golden boy of that team. Exactly. And it's so it almost just feels like entitled. That, that's it's like it I'm daddy's across. favorite. Yes, it's like I'm daddy's favorite. And I don't, I don't dislike Lando by any means. It's just... it's kind of one of those moments where you're like "Mm, read the room where was Charlotte like 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 like, yeah it's like I think that that's something he'll learn with time too yeah I have to remind myself that he's 21 22 21 yeah Lando Lando and I are the exact same age yeah I have to remind myself that Lando is 21 and at 21 you say and do a lot of stupid things especially when you have a ton of money and a ton of attention. Yeah, I think that I think that that's something that we'll only see like improve with Lando, especially mm-hmm. depending on who his teammate is next year. Yeah, I'm interested to see who his teammate is because I wonder if if it's Oscar, will mm-hmm. it be better because he will take on a mentor role, or will he feel superior? But that's almost that almost might be what Lando wants. Maybe Lando would feel some sympathy if he was in the training position, whereas I think. McLaren theoretically brought Daniel in to teach Lando things. And I think and that's where we said. saw maybe a little bit of that. I don't want to say butting heads, just clashing of personalities. Cause I think Lando is fully of the idea that I have nothing to learn from you. And I, you know, he's never said that out. No. And he said, even, see. yes, he said it recently in his um, press, like pin. Mm-hmm. like interviews yeah I've learned a lot from Daniel we've had a lot of like fun times during race things off the track all that like whatever but he was like yeah like I've learned a lot from him but I don't think he would have said that unless he was asked the question yeah and so like that's kind of the difference yes it's almost like a I don't need your help it's such a Slytherin thing and this is why I think Lando <laughs> is a Slytherin it's like, I don't need your help. I know exactly what I'm doing, but I'm observant. And so I'm going to learn from you and learn everything like you know, yes. you're willing to teach, you know, cognizant of it or not, because that's just 
what he does. I think that there is something. But I think for his that own Lando's sake, he can't. He's like, admit. I don't need to learn from you. Exactly, exactly. So yeah. I do wonder. I do wonder with like the Oscar Piastri situation if Lando would have a better. I don't want to say relationship, but just feel. I don't know if that feeling of superiority or whatnot would just make him. I don't want to say act better because I wouldn't say like he's acting out by any means. Just. No. I wonder if we would see a different side to how he would present his relationship with his teammate. Yes. So I think that this, like, there's a couple points. Like, like it's very reminiscent of Seb at Red Bull early times Mm -hmm. where it's like, everybody was like, Seb literally sucks. He's so arrogant. Like, Seb is a jerk, blah, blah, blah. But Seb grew up. He became this very empathetic and, like, super understanding, respectful of all the other Mm -hmm. drivers, all this stuff an advocate for so many things so I look at Lando and Daniel's relationship and I think the thing that Lando really dropped the ball on and missed is he did not learn from Daniel how the way that Daniel can interact and light up a room that's not necessarily a learned thing but he could have I would agree he could have seen and been like Daniel is a huge light in Formula One. People want him here, even if he's racing at Williams, even if he's racing as bad as Nicholas Latifi. Daniel carries a light and positivity that is present in very few people. He has like a natural charismatic way about him that people enjoy. And Mm -hmm. I was watching F1 post-race show and they were speaking about how at one point this weekend, Daniel was kind of just chilling on a wall by himself not really being himself and I know we're going off on a tangent about Daniel and we'll get back to podium points in a second I promise (laughs) but it needed to be said it needed to be talked about I feel for the guy I want Daniel to be able to be his light empathetic honey badger self I want I want to see the honey badger come out and I want to see him just get back to being who he is which is what everyone loves it's and it's one not of the even reasons he's such a staple to this sport. Exactly. It's not even necessarily about the competitiveness of the car he's in. It's like about being at a team that really has his back because I feel like McLaren didn't. I, and I think mm-hmm. that this showed a different side to McLaren's company culture that a lot of people are uncomfortable with. Yeah, we saw it as like the happiest team in the paddock. It was. And I'll like, eat my words. I will eat my garage. words. I never would have. I never. If you had asked me last year, Lauren, what do you think McLaren is going to do front office wise? How do you think they would handle it if Ricardo doesn't, you know, perform well next year? I never, ever in a million years would have said, "Oh, they're going to handle it like a bunch of idiots." They're going to drop like, him. Literally, it's gonna look terrible publicly. This, this is a public relations nightmare. Oh yeah, like how and did on no one say Zach that, Brown? We can't do it like this. On top of that, the mental health ramifications for of just it's like one of the most beloved drivers on the grid is, in my opinion, unacceptable. Because when you're dealing with professional athletes, you have to have to, they do this in football. They do this in 
pretty much every sport out there. You have to mentally coach these people to be tough. And if they do not believe that you are have every confidence in them and you have their back, they are never going to be able to succeed in the way you want. And I'm very sorry they my can't... voice is breaking right now. But <laughs> like there's going to be no pushing the car to the limit if they don't feel comfortable going there because they don't feel comfortable in their team. They don't their feel team secure. Doesn't they, believe don't feel, in their they don't feel they're heard. not going to believe in their limit. I mean, even when you think about things like, I don't remember which race it was this year or if it was during qualifying or something, Daniel like got in a crash or had an incident and they said, how was the car? And he's like, I'm fine. Like, I'm great guys. Don't he's worry like, about Fuck it. Like, I'm you. fine. I'm fine. Like, are you serious? It's one of those things where like, obviously at the end of his Red Bull career, things were kind of difficult, like with Max, because it was hard yeah. to have Max become the golden boy, but I Tanya Ricardo just wants to be loved. And I it's sad think, because I, I think, think he, he was really would have found that off. at Renault. I truly yeah. think he would have found that at Renault if maybe they just had a little bit better performance in that first year. And I think it's unfortunate. I like Cyril personally. Yeah. I don't have anything against him, but I think Alpine is <laughs> maybe with the exception of the Oscar Piastri drama that we've just witnessed. I think they're performing organizationally much better now. And so yeah. I honestly, like, I know that bridge is burned a little bit and maybe that trust is a little bit broken, but Cyril's not there anymore. And yeah. I would love to see Daniel back at Rena or Alpine now. Sorry. I would love to see him back at Alpine. But I'll take him anywhere on the grid. So my number right. three podium points. <laughs> Your number three podium points go to Seb. Seb defending Daniel. Okay. Um, number two spot, Lewis owning up to the incident, the incident. with Fernando Alonso, um, along with Fernando Alonso's immediate reaction to the I, incident. I it was a little uncalled for, if we want to be honest here, but I also Listen, understand they... in the heat of the moment, you get passionate and those two have butted heads for a long time. Like they are rivals, not friends. Yeah. There's no, oh, we have a great working relationship. No, there's no relationship. Okay. They're like Mercedes yeah, which is, Red Bull during the last which is races of the season last year. Really funny because even, I'm back to several quick even in Seb's conversation about Daniel they said okay I'm like how do you feel about Fernando Alonso going to take your spot at Aston Martin and he goes I don't know like we don't really have like we're not like friends like we don't have a relationship like we just know each other we just work together I think I saw a clip of maybe it was the Hit Stop Boys podcast on TikTok where they were talking to one of the Red Bull. He's like an engineer, an IT guy, something like that. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, I've never worked personally with Fernando, but he has a reputation on the grid of being very difficult to work with. I think that um, he's a bit of a diva. Yeah, that's, a, I think, a good way to put it. You know, I have a little less sympathy for Crofty calling him a wily old fox now. <laughs> Yeah, I so for anyone who doesn't know, this was his um response to Lewis uh not leaving the space and turning into him because he was in his blind spot. He said, Yeah, what an idiot. Closing the door from the outside. I mean, we had a mega start, but this guy only knows how to drive and start in first. So basically, he's like, he's it's, a shit driver a if he's not in the front. <laughs> 
It's a bit uncalled for. I mean, we've seen Lewis do, do and perform very well when starting from the back after a grid penalty. Yeah. But obviously, Fernando Alonso isn't taking any of those things into account in the heat of the moment, and that's fine. I and get the thing it. is, is if Fernando likes to do anything, it's speak his mind and stir the pot. So oh, absolutely. So like, Esty if he has here a chance for the drama, oh for sure. So um, yeah, Lewis goes to the media pen. He's like, yeah, um, I got out of the car. I watched the footage, and you know what? It really is my fault. And Lewis owning up to this, I think, is such a big moment it's because incredibly big of him because i do yes. think that in years past lewis hamilton would not have owned up to this we may have had one of those and i don't think fernando alonso fans are as passionate as max verstappen <laughs> fans but we may have had one of those uh-huh. this is all lewis's fault no it's max's fault no it's the word no it's fernando's fault sorry i'm <laughs> recounting in a prior crush um like dilemma and i love this from lewis and We've seen Lewis mature drastically over the past couple years as well. I think even this year, like Lewis has obviously been basically racing for like 30 years at this point, yeah, which is so crazy to say, but I feel like this year of having such unfortunate circumstances with the way that their car turned out has taught him some big lessons. Cause when you hear him say things like, yeah, getting third, it feels like just like my first win. Like, I just it's, feel like it was a reset for uh, him. It, yeah, it's almost like it's taken him back to ground zero and it's yeah. humbled him and he has that hunger again, uh-huh. which to be fair, he probably lost a little bit along the way. When you're winning and you're at the top of your game, like that doesn't mean you want it less necessarily, but it maybe means a little bit less. And yeah. so- I do love to see that we're seeing this side of Lewis Hamilton. And I particularly loved in his interview when they went to tell him what Mm -hmm. Fernando said over the radio and he immediately cut them off respectfully, but cut them off and said, I'm, I'm not interested in hearing what Fernando had to say. I don't need to hear. So I believe like all three people he talked to in the media pen tried to bring it up. And on the Mm -hmm. last one, he just said, I don't care. And he walked away. Because he was just like, guys, like I made it clear, like, I don't want to talk about it. It doesn't matter. Lewis has said, and if you, you know, if you're familiar with what a drama triangle is, Lewis has center (laughs) said, I'm exiting the drama triangle. I will no longer be participating because guys, I know what, I know he said something. And it He's doesn't like, matter because in the Lewis heat of the known moment, Fernando long enough to know that, yeah, he's going to say something, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It, and also, yeah, like, it's it not like matter. Lewis, it's not like Lewis needs to have that like thought about Fernando. He's going to have to keep racing against him. Yeah. It's not like he needs to have that thought in his head. It doesn't need to affect him at all. He doesn't need to hear that he can't win from anywhere but the front that he doesn't know how to race, but only from the front. Like yeah. he doesn't need to hear that. No. And so I just I think it. that I like- I love that he was like, yeah, I'm just going to get back on the treadmill. I'm like, I'm okay. back on the treadmill. You and I'm me like, both, Lewis. You and me both. <laughs> True. Okay. Um, and your number one podium points. My number one is Max winning from 14th place. And we basically knew he was going to win the race by like lap five. 
and he yeah. was fully in the lead by lap 10 or lap 12 I think like just winning yeah it was like 12 or 14 or something and it like was comfy with for him, him from there mm-hmm. comfy race <laughs> My husband, Kyle, showed me a little blip or something from Twitter where I guess it cited a interview that Christian gave on Sunday about how, yeah, sometimes Max gets a little bored during these races. So uh, the engineers and I like to fuck with him and we switched his steering wheel to Japanese and then waited for him to freak out. And when he freaked out, we pretended that we all were speaking in Japanese. (laughs) Like, literally shut up. I was dying. I don't know. It was hilarious. Yeah. Love Kyle. Um, Shout out to Kyle. Love you, bestie. Shout out, Kyle. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. It's just like two races in a row, dude. I know. I'm so if he wins, here's a fun stat, guys. There's nine races left. If he wins five of these races, he will break the record, I believe, held by Lewis Hamilton for the amount of races won in a season. Dang. I think it's held by Lewis Hamilton. And it is 14. Wow. I know. Wow. <laughs> Keep in mind, too, that we are progressively getting more races within a season. So mm-hmm. these rest records are going to eventually start yeah. being broken just simply due to an increase in numbers, therefore an increase in probability. But I love it. I love to see it. I love, I love when like records are being chased and broken. It's so mm-hmm. much fun to me. I'm such a stat person in that way. I'm like, also back to Daniel super fast. I heard the stat that's as an eight time race winner, he is tied for the 37th place of the most race wins in formula one like that's kind of a high number so that's why i'm just like guys the math isn't mathing you guys saying he's washed up it's not working for me because two years ago in 2020 he was throwing things around at renault one year ago he won monza i'm not like i'm like pardon me he's like i'm not doing this one more time and this is the last thing i'm saying on it he is mclaren's last only race winner in the last 10 years in the last decade he is the only person who has won a race for mclaren i believe since the lewis hamilton mclaren era like, I'm so sorry. I understand that Lando Norris outperforms him in every race, but like, that is a stat that like, if Lando was a better driver, he would have been able to pass him and get first. Sorry. <laughs> like, I just think that that race, it's not like they really applied team orders. No. As far as I remember, it was just pure racing. Anyways. All right. And that's the last we're going to speak on that. So to recap, Tess is podium points. We have a point, a point for Seth. And I'll give Daniel a point because he was being defended. (laughs) And then a point for Lewis, a point for Max and Red Bull. I'll give them both a point for that. That's also strategy. Yeah. Shouting out Hannah Schmitz, our tire strategy queen, who follows us on Instagram now. I don't know if you saw that. Wait, no way. Follows us on Instagram. You can't drop a bomb like that. I'm going to cry. I was freaking out last week when I saw that notification come through. (laughs) Followers, Hannah. Oh, (laughs) tell me how someone who works for Red Bull 
speaks to Max Verstappen, <laughs> has 8,673 Instagram followers, follows us. I hope she loved her shout out she got. <laughs> Do you think she watched our episode? That would probably not. She probably is quite busy, but. I know, but could you imagine? But Hannah, if you are listening, we love you. We're we love massive fangirls of love you. Love Hannah. Mm-hmm. Thank you for doing what you do. Mm-hmm. Oh, quick Max thing. He started 14th. Checo started second. And I believe he beat Checo by quite a margin. Yeah, it was like 19 seconds. Like, it's concerning um, how good Max how, is yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Did um, you well, know, they said this during the race, but he was the bookie's favorite starting 14th yeah i'm gonna get into that in just a second all right time for go ahead with your podium points tess is going to severely disagree with number three because she has a personal vendetta against esteban ocon i'm still here pitching the enemies to lovers art okay now number three for me was esteban ocon making a beautiful pass a two for one pass he did it twice. Twice. Oh, he, okay. I don't have to Ocon say. Had some beautiful racecraft on Sunday. I was. He had a good race. I was living for it. Alpine really outperformed McLaren this week. Seriously, though. It was. I have tea on that later. Oh, I love the tea. Okay. I could use a cup of tea right now. My throat is quite scratchy. All right. Number two. <laughs> Alex Albon holding onto points for dear life in that Williams, but somehow making it look easy. I'm like, okay. okay. Like literally where did they Go get the up. Williams straight line speed? I don't this know, speed. but I'm here for it. You know what? If they get rid of Nicholas Latifi, I'll be a Williams fan. Honestly, Alex is there. Rid of Nicholas Latifi. I like the guy who runs Joe's Williams. Love him. Is it great personality? Yost? I, I, I never know how to know. pronounce it. But uh, love him. I love Alex. I think that Put, obviously the Williams me, C is up in the air. Give me a good number two. Give me another drive, a good second driver there. Not second as in second in place, but just another driver. Give us a better driver because honestly, if there's one thing we can count on Nicholas Latifi for, it's crashing and giving everyone a safety car. I just feel like it really, like the tire strategists don't have to work too hard right now because all they have to do is rely on Nicholas Latifi to crash into something or someone at some point in a race and cause a safety car. It's not, they're like doing their jobs for them yet. Somehow Ferrari still managed to fumble the bag. Sorry. Thank you very much. Okay. So that is my number two. Max and had number- Jesus on his side this weekend. I gotta I, tell you about listen, it. Listen, listen. <laughs> I could not agree more. Okay, so Max making light work of that grid penalty, starting 14, driver of the day, and my driver of the day, too. Me, too. And just absolutely, first of all, playing Mario Kart with half the field, accidentally foiling uh, Charles Leclerc with a visor this is, tear off. We're this pretty is where sure we get into it. Was it. Him. Um, so there's actually, um, video of it. There's like from Charles video point of view, Max is in front of him and he releases it. And then the, what Ferrari is saying is that it got caught in 
to yeah it gets um, caught I believe in the it was brake his duct. brake duct yeah and it so because of the aerodynamic sensor oh no and that is why he was going 81 in the pit lane and got a penalty because a sensor was broken and they couldn't tell how fast he was going the overheating it was like it was like the sensor broke and then his car was overheating or something. And then I have so many questions and I'm I, like, part of me is like, are we grasping at straws here Ferrari? Because you don't want to take the extra good exactly. like place penalty or I mean, they still have to, no matter what. But. Yeah. At this point anyways, but, uh, playing Mario Kart, slipping the banana out the window. I don't play very much yeah. Mario Kart. So, um, that's about all I know about that. I know there's like rainbow road or something. I need to work on my Mario Kart. I don't know, but there's technology. like little turtles. Or we something. weren't allowed to play video games growing up. You guys. Okay. Yeah. But when, whenever Kyle's in town, we whip out the, the Nintendo switch and hop on the Mario Kart. That's true. He loves super smash bros and Mario Kart and I'm terrible at both of them. So me too. <laughs> Not only did he somehow manage to make it through the absolute carnage that was like the first 15 laps of spa, Mm -hmm. but on top of this, he then went on to make like, he, he made passing people look easy and they brought it up to, you know, how easy, like people were essentially letting him pass because at some point, like everyone's aware okay everyone's like max verstappen the king of the weekend is coming up behind me and everyone knows tire degradation was high it was tire deg was high for everyone the soft tire compound was barely holding on for dear life i don't Mm -hmm. even like poor carlos i think lost it like the race was lost the second the soft tire was on that car it's just unfortunate it is what it is, but he was making it look so easy. Now, granted, people are fighting back because they know that like Max Verstappen, they can fight him. They can use. But it's their like tires. this they isn't this isn't fuel. where your fight is. Exactly. Like, now, Carlos, Charles, Sergio, who's probably not going to fight his own teammate due to team orders. I, if- I really don't think he'll ever be allowed to fight Max. Yeah, I mean, I can't be allowed to say i guess because i'm not on the pit while calling the shots but yeah he made light work of it he made it look like it was the easiest thing in the world he made it look like he was passing someone on the freeway i was just true now granted it is important to remember he had a brand new engine he did take that grid penalty but he had a brand new engine and that brand new engine is going to be very fast and very strong and that's okay all right so like i said Max gets first place for me, making light work of a grid penalty, just absolutely killing it out there. Phenomenal drive, just in a league of his own. Yeah. So to reiterate, SC Bessie getting a point for his racecraft, Alex Albon and Williams getting a point for me because that Williams straight line speed was unbelievable. Even if Nicholas Latifi did not make it look like he knew how to drive a car then he doesn't even count at this point <laughs> sorry i'm just in a slandering mood i really apologize if you're a nicholas latifi fan i'm see i'm, I'm feeling sorry. sympathetic to s1 ocon today i'm not sure why but we're in a good mood about it so we're just okay. gonna let it go you guys the enemies to lovers arc is progressing well no She's i i think it's sympathy 
I think it's because I'm afraid if you're listening you have a hope no I think it's because I'm afraid that him and Daniel are gonna be teammates and I'll have to like him (laughs) so I'm like oh no okay and then so Alex Albon and a point for Williams and then a point for Max and a point for Red Bull that is rounding out podium points for this week's episode let's jump into a little race weekend recap We've talked about a lot of this already, Mm -hmm. but we're just going to kind of go through it. We're going to hit some points. All right. I have some FP1, just little notes. Perfect. Let's hit them. Pierre Gasly sat out and they did the other driver come in and drive for him in Mm -hmm. FP1, like every team has to do. And it was Liam Lawson from F2. I know. I love Liam Lawson. I love Liam Lawson Um, too. And then Max and Nicholas Latifi almost had a moment in the pit lane because they released Nicholas Latifi out right in front of Max. And Max literally didn't stop. He just went around him. I forgot about this. Yeah. Didn't Max Max get in trouble for, oh no, no, no. They didn't give either of them a penalty because what Max did was also unsafe, but Max was just like, (laughs) fuck it. Max was like, I'm not letting him go in front of me. I'm not going to be stuck behind him. Like, I don't want to get stuck yeah. behind this guy. Kevin Magnuson stopped right outside the pit lane. <laughs> and then the rain came. And the Ferraris got 1-2 in FP1, I believe. They looked good. <laughs> the only time this weekend. <laughs> Sorry. That's, painful. That's so painful. FP2, Max at the top. Ferraris looked slower. <laughs> Depression. Traffic was a little rough. How they seem to work backwards, like they go the opposite way. Like, like I'm like, did you try to change something and fix something, and it was like unhelpful, and then you're like stuck. I feel like it. So yeah, traffic was a little rough. I believe somebody, maybe it was Carlos, didn't like where uh, Sebastian Vettel was on the track when he was trying to get through. It might have been Carlos, and then uh, Lando just drove around Lance Stroll <laughs> off the track because he was annoyed. Um, and this is where our tear-off issues begin. Max did a tear-off. And, it and got if you're not his familiar with what is happening, oh, yeah. if you haven't heard a tech talk, a tear-off. So these drivers ha- on their helmets have visors that go up and down. And on these visors, they have about half a dozen um, film tear-offs that they can tear off when they get dust dirt bugs oil we explained a lot about this their field of vision in our last um all gas no breaks summer episodes Mm -hmm. last week our last one we talked a lot about like what the drivers wear and we talked about the helmets and the tear-offs so exactly anyone's interested it's in that f1 for dummies episode (laughs) Um, and there's supposed to be a place for them in the car yes they spoke about this very very briefly in the broadcast this sunday But with the new aerodynamics of the car, they're starting to see that they are not staying in the car. And so they're probably going to have to find a new solution for those continuing. Because it got stuck in Max's rear suspension. He said he tried to get it out himself. Not sure what he means. Like he just drove a little funny for a sec. I don't know. Maybe. And then I believe he had to go into the pit and they had to try and get out. Or they said like, it's fine. Fine. Um, We're fine. You know, like the house on fire. It's fine. We're fine. It's fine. The dog just sitting in the kitchen that was on fire. It's fine. <laughs> no, because that's Charles at Ferrari. Sorry. Um, <laughs> then a bit of rain again. Mick slid a bit into the rocks, but he's fine. 
Yeah. End of FP2. And then FP3, Charles spins out and taps the wall. Buddy recovered, but spins out on the gravel, taps the wall. He recovered. He went back to it, but he only got to put up like one good time. So he didn't pull a Lance Stroll where he put it in the wall, recovered, and then put it in the wall again. No, 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 no. He didn't do it twice. Um, <laughs> the Red Bulls were on top, but Checo actually finished first in FP3. Oh, good for Checo. He stole it right out from under him. And then Quali. So Quali was dry, and so was the race. Very interesting for Spa, honestly. Yeah, Spa is notorious for getting a little wet and wild sometimes. So last year, the race was actually ended after a single lap because it was deemed too dangerous because of the amount of rain. Mm -hmm. And we also saw Lando's crash. Was it in the race or in qualifying last year? I think it might have been qualifying and it stole pole from him. I think you might be right. And he, he, it was the worst crash he'd had. It was mm-hmm. very nasty spin out into the wall in the torrential downpour that was spot. Yeah. So we were kind of lucky that it wasn't raining because the cars obviously drive a lot faster in the dry and spa is a really fast track. So that's really entertaining. It's a fast track and it's actually, I believe, the longest track on the Formula One calendar, which makes it exciting. It's also why, as opposed to some tracks where they have like 77 laps or like 60 in the 60s there's only there's only 44 laps 44 yeah but it still seems to go and take about the same amount of time that's why it's the length (laughs) of the track yeah so like at some tracks we'll see that lap times are like 116 Mm -hmm. where like lap times at this track it's like a 144 it was like (gasps) (laughs) yeah exactly um because it's a longer track so qualifying we're seeing the Williams speed again. <laughs> Alex Albon, he is coming out to play. It's reminding he me of qualified so well. It what was it? Like P6? I think so. I think I remember watching the race and just being like I love this. Yeah, especially and because he, he raced well before his pit stop. And yeah. obviously I know everybody has to take pit stop, but before his pit stop, Alex Albon was getting his elbows out and he was making yeah. the most. And he looks like, you know, if everything had gone well, he could have potentially kept that P6 spot. He could not, I believe he kind of got stuck in a DRS train, which so messed up a lot of he, people's races. But I believe for a large majority of the race, he was leading the DRS train. Yeah, because nobody could get past him. Yeah, because that's that straight line Williams speed. was so fast in a straight line. <laughs> he posted a photo with it was a photo of like him and all the cars cars stuck behind him and his car was stretched. <laughs> like so it covered the whole track. And he was like, I loved this weekend, or like something like that. Or it was like something about a train. I don't remember. I love Alex Albon's uh sense of humor. He's so funny. So and every time I watch an interview of him, I'm like, you're just so likable. Yeah. Like sweetie, exactly. Like just like it gives golden retriever energy, and he has such a funny laugh. Like he's just yeah, sweetie. Yes. Anyways, (laughs) okay. So the Williams looked great in qualifying. Um, the Ferraris they were lacking a bit of pace, and the Mercedes were even worse. Okay, that was a painful qualifying for Mercedes. I was like, are you what? Uh, And it was a painful qualifying for McLaren. Yeah, rough. 
rough qualifying for McLaren. Yeah, it looks like it looks like Daniel would be all right, and then he just wasn't. So it's I want to so look up qualifying funny results. That earlier, you brought up that Max was the bookies' favorite. If you're not familiar with betting, being the favorite means that you have. I should get Kyle to come in here and explain this. What am I even talking about? From my limited knowledge of sports betting that I refuse to look up in this moment, being your favorite just means that you get the worst odds on that driver to win or to get the fastest lap or whatever it is that you're betting on. Mm -hmm. So it would mean that, like, I think Max was at, like, a plus 150 or something, which it means that you would have to bet $150 to make 100 if I'm not mistaken. If that's not correct, don't come for me. I don't sports bet. But that is where that is. But it is funny you say that because one of my husband's good friends is kind of into Formula One a little bit. And he also enjoys sports betting and so he was asking he's like because he knows I like to watch Formula One a lot it is hilarious that he asked me these questions through my husband um but he texts my husband Kyle and he goes Charles Leclerc is like they have really good odds good as in like good bang for your buck odds on Charles getting fastest lap this week He's like, why? Is please that? tell me you told him to. Please tell me you told him to bet on that. Absolutely, I did. I said, well, um, besides Listen. the fact that he had that Ferrari's been looking a little rough this weekend, he also is starting from like 15, I think. Uh, yeah. So the I he's also starting the from final. like 15th on the grid. So I there he's got a lot of dirty air to clear before yeah. he's in fastest lap territory. And he even tried. They tried on that last lap of the race and he was still like half a second down on Max. No, it that, was the Ferrari just did not have the pace this weekend. Also, they um, had the issue where they uh, they like got stuck behind Fernando and he had to pass and then none of it counted anyways if he was going to get the fastest lap because of his a single kilometer over in the pit lane, which in case you guys are wondering, in American terms, that is like 0.6 miles per hour over. That's so devastating. Anyways. It is devastating, um, but have... at the same time, it, it is very important that they are very stringent with that yes. because of safety. So yeah, as devastating as it is, we also completely understand it. Yeah. So the top 10, the way it finished in qualifying was Max, Carlos, Checo, Charles, Esteban, Fernando, Luis, George, Alex, Lando. But because of grid penalties, which everyone who took a grid penalty was Valtteri Bottas, Yuki Tsunoda, Max Verstappen, Charles Leclerc, Esteban Ocon, Lando Norris, Joe Guan Yu, and Mick Schumacher. They all had a grid penalty. They said, everyone today after, is the day. Everyone after 13th was there because of a grid penalty. Jeez. So, yes, the... Uh, I love a mixed grid. up grid though. I love it. It I think it it makes things so fun. I wish that Lewis and Fernando hadn't had their incident because I think it would have kept the front mixed up more. Yeah, I agree but, with that. 
I would have liked to see where Lewis would have ended up today because it looked like he's had decent pace. I think the way the way that George, I think, would have passed Carlos if he didn't have a small mistake. Oh, I think so too. Yeah, so I feel like we could have seen we could have seen Lewis on the podium too. Anyways, okay. So the starting grid was Carlos, Checo, Fernando Alonso, Lewis, George, Alex in six. That's where Alex started. Daniel Ricardo started in seven. This is all because everything shuffled up when the orders moved down. Pierre Gasly, eighth, but that da- that actually didn't happen because he started in the pit lane. Yep. We'll get to that in a second. Um, Lance Stroll, Sebastian Vettel, Nicholas Latifi, Kevin Magnuson, Valtteri Bottas, Max Verstappen, Charles Leclerc, Esteban Ocon, Lando Nordis, Joe Guanyu, Mick Schumacher. Then it's Pierre Gasly, Yuki Sonoda, because they started in the pit lane. Mm-hmm. So, so, um, Pierre, <laughs> they could not get his car started until yeah. like. I think he said like 30 seconds before the race. I think it, I think it was some electronic issue potentially. I don't, and they just couldn't get the engine to start. No other issues. The whole race. Yeah. They they said that engine said, no, thanks. Yeah. But look where, look where he ended. I absolutely look anytime Pierre is scoring points and is looking good. I'm happy. Okay. Yeah. I I enjoy seeing Pierre succeed. Also, I also, when he is in a good mood, he gives the funniest press conference interviews. Like, I love, but when Pierre is in a bad thing. mood, when Pierre is in a bad mood, he's honestly terrifying to me. He's so French. Like Pierre like he's just like, is the epitome of a French person. When oh, they're in a good oh, mood, oh. they're adorably like amazing, and when they're pissed, they are pissed. We need to talk about Pierre Gasly because he obviously re-signed with AlphaTauri, yeah. but there is conversation that Alpine, because Alpine, Alpine but, has two French drivers. But Pierre Gasly and Esteban Ocon do not like each other. Oh, spill the tea, sis. I don't know everything. I need to look into it more, but I believe that they very strongly dislike each other. Interesting. And I think it would be worse than Esteban Ocon when Checo was his teammate because that didn't work out very well. Things got dicey near the end. And I think I think it could potentially not work very well. Driving wise, I think it would be an intense rivalry. Okay. Also, the only way that that would happen is if they get a large sum settlement because mclaren takes oscar piastri i think if they end up with oscar i think it's hard because like he's not even their first choice anymore because this has just become a disaster and he doesn't want to be there i agree no my favorite thing was everyone being like who's the who's the reserve driver for mercedes Nick DeVries, sorry yeah nick devries is a cutie for mercedes Everyone, everyone on Twitter is like, if Oscar doesn't want to give it to him, give him the seat at Alpine. Absolutely. So yeah, obviously like Pierre, Pierre um, is people want him at Alpine, but I don't think it'll happen because they don't get along. And also it would cost Alpine a lot of money to buy out his Alphatari contract. That's true. And getting but, someone who's a little bit more of a rookie in terms of, you know, 
they are rookie to Formula One. Even is a cheaper alternative. Even bringing, even stealing Mick from Haas would be cheaper, dude. Because I... Mick will be a free agent at the end of the season because he is also done at the Ferrari Driver Academy. Mick is a completely free agent at the end of this season. Okay, Renault, take Mick because he can't go away. All right. We everyone yeah. loves him. Yeah. So so then people are saying Daniel might be in talks with Haas. I don't know how that would work, but I would love to see Silly Daniel season and work together. So confusing. Okay. Back yeah. to the race. We have a couple yeah. more points to hit here. We spoke on Lewis owning his mistake after the incident mm-hmm. in the on the first lap. Yeah. Charles, can we just talk about the Ferrari pit wall telling, asking Charles questions so he's his own strategist? I'm like, what? You don't think he has something else to think about right now? He literally is like, uh, what? I think what happened is they realized their mistake in the way that they were just giving confidence in it. Listen, they realized their mistake and they gave shit calls. And they, and the drivers, both Charles and Carlos were like, no, I don't want to do that. That's a bad call. And then they like still had to figure it out. Right now. I feel like they've gone too far the other way. I was listening to WTF one talk about this. And I was like, that's exactly what I've been thinking when I was watching that race. It's like, like he really, he doesn't know who's in front of him. He doesn't know what the traffic looks like. He doesn't have the data of the tires. And he Why can't are you be, asking You can't him? give him that data and then ask him what he wants to do. That's not his job. That's also, why you hire a race strategist. Also, it's the way that they are announcing the strategies, yes. not by letters, announcing <laughs> them over over the team like, radio which people can listen to the other yes, teams listen no, the other teams monitor it like very that's closely. why that is why they say things like oh we're going to plan g we're going to whatever yeah and like i mean i think they said that to lando they were like mm-hmm. they're like sorry it's too late for plan g everyone's like g <laughs> what happens in this See, race i love i loved uh in the strategy they had a little bit of a strategy talk on that post F1 show too, where they were like, oh, well, it, just because it's plan G doesn't mean they went through all the other letters. I know, but it's funny to imagine that. I like know. it might be G like standing for something. Yeah. Plan to but... drive that shit into the ground. Oh, I also sure. have a really small aside. What I would do for one of those Mercedes like cold weather jackets, like they're Ugh. like hard shell jackets. Listen, okay. The ones that look the ones so that, um, warm they always wear and so comfortable, and they fit so well. I'm like, listen, you know the one that you, Toto wears. The TikTok like of the guy like hitting his card on yeah. the counter. Do, 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 do. I'm like, that's me. Take my money. 100%. I want one of those so badly. Also, I finally got my George Russell Silverstone Edition hat from New York. <gasps> And I'm so excited about it. That's so good. I'm so happy for you. It's like my favorite color. And it's so cute. I'm so happy for you. I can't wait to see pictures of you wearing it. So love the Mercedes. The Like when yeah, Toto wears them and they're like the aside, long ones. But, oh, so good. Like, okay. Uh, listen. Okay. Also, I was in New York this past weekend, New York mm-hmm. City. And I saw so much Formula One merch around the city. Yes. Like people wearing it? Yeah, like I saw a bunch. <clears throat> sorry, I saw a bunch of people in Red Bull 
like polos, those, you know, those like thinner uh-huh. shirts, like the dry fit shirts. Saw a bunch of people in those. I saw one or two Ferrari people, which was awesome. And I am convinced, convinced that I saw. So when I was leaving, I live in St. Martin. Um, and a lot of people vacation in the island, either on St. Martin or in the islands around St. Martin. St. Bart's is very mm-hmm. popular. We've discussed this. St. Martin is the biggest airport in that area, though. So everyone flies out of St. Martin or, and into St. Martin. And I am convinced that I saw two engineers, one from Red Bull and one from Ferrari in the airport. I didn't ask them, but I like to imagine, okay? We talk about romanticizing our life. Like I'm just imagining Mm. that I like saw the engineers, you know, I know that like wearing team kit and like wearing gear doesn't make you like an engineer, but one of them looked so much like one of the uh, Red Bull engineers that I was like, I I literally looked at Kyle. I was like, I want to be so creepy right now and Google all of like. You're like, you're like the way I would literally go up and ask him like he's a celebrity. Yeah. Yeah, I would. And it's kind of embarrassing. Um, but at the same time, I also realized how ridiculous that is. So I did not do that. And, uh, the St. Martin airport has the most terrible Wi-Fi ever in like the history of airports. So you couldn't even look it up. Yeah. So I couldn't like look up a photo and verify, you know, I couldn't be like, but yes. (laughs) So that's my random aside on f1 everything merchandise so really quick now back i don't remember where in the race we were charles being his own strategist Mm. um we do have to talk about the unfortunate circumstance that is valtteri bottas getting a dnf in an attempt to avoid a collision with nicholas latifi who decided he forgot how to drive a formula one car which may have possibly been because of Lance Stroll. I haven't gone back and watched this exactly, but Lance Stroll was in that mix too. And I don't trust him either. Yeah. (laughs) I don't trust him with my life. Anytime (laughs) I'm like one of you, one of you, it's uh, one of you is going to betray me tonight. Is it? It is the way that they are professional drivers and I would never get in a car with them literally no like if they were behind the wheel like i would rather drive and that's something you wouldn't you wouldn't go go on a hot lap with them oh my gosh lauren i would be so scared to crash i'm so dead serious like i think that in like a circumstance like give me the same amount of time that they have been driving a formula one car and i'm a terrible driver keep this in mind (laughs) genuinely but you have zero fear so maybe this would translate well like I'm a crazy fast driver, lots of tickets, whatever. I think if you put me in a Formula One car the exact same amount of time that they have, tell me I wouldn't crash less. I don't know. I'm I sorry. Maybe, like maybe this is just this is on my mind. It should be. <laughs> so unfortunately, Mr. Val- Mr. Valtteri Bottas was out with a DNF getting beat. Battery Voltas <laughs> in the gravel yeah. on his birthday. Uh, when they threw that factoid out there, I was like, don't even say that to me. I was right like, now. that's like salt in the wound, man. And, and so it, then people this is were the like, that was so frustrating is he was avoiding a collision. I know he was doing the right thing and he was uh, just trying to keep racing and took him out. Also the old Mercedes 
crew back together. I know, back out together the in race. the DNF. I wonder if they uh, had like a good fist bump somewhere. They're like, you know what? Feel bad for you too, dude. <laughs> Rough day in the office. Yeah, me too, man. Good to see you. Yeah. <laughs> I love imagining those things. Oh, me too. Gets me. Um, other than that, we obviously talked about Eswano Khan's passes. His yes. beautiful overtakes. SC Bestie had some amazing race craft, amazing race um, strategy. Daniel Ricardo looked like things were running well until he pitted and then he was stuck. Yeah. And same with Lando. Lando seemed to be getting somewhere, pitted, and they were all stuck in the DRS trying behind yeah. Alex Albon. Sorry, Alex Albon was not giving up that points finish listen, no matter what. Listen, like I said, he was in my top two. I was like, absolutely, Alex, get that point. You deserve it. Williams deserves it. Yeah. Because yeah. heaven knows Nicholas Latifi is not bringing the bread home. Literally, if they get any money, any money from sponsors, it's Alex. I'm so oh, sorry yeah. because... Like, why would Even anybody though Nicholas give... Satifi is technically a pay driver? Yeah. <laughs> but, he but he sucks. <laughs> <sighs> listen, listen, obviously, like, I think that really quick side note, when it comes to Lance and Nicholas Satifi, my vendetta against them would lessen if their personalities were different. Yeah. Because they don't drive well and then they blame literally anyone but themselves it was the car it was this thing that happened it was the people around me it was this it was that it was just this thing oh the setup wasn't right oh whatever opposite of the lewis hamilton that we saw today it's like yes where lewis just took all the accountability they take zero accountability like i'm I'm like like, listen nobody is going to like you if you don't own up to Go TP, go TP. I need you to explain something to me. How, if you're last in every single race, unless somebody DNFs, how are you going to say it's the setup every time? (laughs) We need to have this chat. We need to talk about this. (laughs) Like accountability, dude. Like just, I don't know what to say. Like there's a reason that you're not going to have a seat next year. Oh, guys is spitting fire facts. Sorry, don't know what to say. Oh my gosh. All right. George almost catching up to Carlos. Yes. Okay. Hang on. Let's talk about this really fast. George Russell, who, if you haven't caught on yet, I believe is my favorite driver. Um, I say believe is my favorite driver because sometimes that changes, but honestly, I think I have George specific merch now. I have to just accept that a Mercedes driver is my favorite driver. So I was watching the race on my breakfast with my family, our family. And Marcus, our little brother, was like, Josie said, our little sister said something like, oh, like, who's your favorite driver, Marcus? And he was like, George. I was like, literally, like, since when? But that's so cute. He's like, he's like, he's just so cool. (laughs) Like, okay. I love it. I love it. George, we are your fans. Lauren and Marcus. I was about to say Lauren and Marcus, right? But we don't have the same last name. Yeah. Anyways, so yeah, George, catching up. George was doing phenomenally. George just was putting in the work. He was grinding in the paint. He was just. George was on pace to to catch up and pass Carlos. 
Carlos. And take his podium spot. He made one unfortunate one error. error. It just went a little. It never got played oh. on the screen. I feel like I saw George during that race a total of maybe ten times. Yeah, and like he was kind of flying a little. Yeah, I was like, we're not, we're not. Uh, you're not seeing this. Like he didn't fly from the back, but he held that spot because think about it, Max Charles. Like everyone trying to get past him. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, and you know Charles what? I'm Leclerc just couldn't right even here. get past him. I know. That's the thing. He's like, tell me how the Mercedes looked so much better than the Ferraris in the race. But we also know this Mercedes end up better in the race because their tire management is crazy good. Yep. And this is where strategy comes to play. Ferrari shoot. Yeah. <clears throat> Ferrari shoot themselves in their own feet. Literally, because the tires are the feet of the car. <laughs> that was a good one. Thank you. Yeah. I'm working on my dad jokes. George, absolutely killing it. Dreadful. He had that little misstep on his lap. It kind of put his chase to an end. I know he still put in mm-hmm. like a really good effort. But I was a little annoyed that we didn't get to see any of it. Yeah, I wish the coverage was there. I'm I'm literally about to spend the money on the F1 premium or whatever, where you can have yeah. 18 different screens going at once. That would be nice. Not that I would actually I, do um... that, but the, the analyst that lives inside my brain would be so happy. I could watch I want, everybody's want... on board. I could watch uh-huh. everyone. I could see everything. Everything. It would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. I agree, actually. That would be super nice. You won't feel like you're missing stuff all the time. No. Because, yeah, I hate having to wait for a replay. Yeah. And then half the time they don't even show what they're talking about. Anyways, I think that when we came to the end of the race, no one was surprised that Max won. Nobody was surprised that Max won. He had an amazing race. I think he led by 20 points. Checo in second was a good finish for Checo. One of the best we've had. He's been looking a little bit rough the past couple races before the summer break. It looks like he got some good R&R, came back, is looking like himself, mm-hmm. but Max is just in a league of his own. Love to see Carlos up on a podium. George fourth. And George we fourth. need to address fifth place. Uh, fifth place is. Fifth place was Charles. Was. Was. He decided to pit with two laps left for soft tires to crank out a fastest lap. And was still shy by a half a second. Also, he got a penalty leaving the pit lane because he was a single kilometer over. And he encountered traffic with Fernando Alonso on the way out. So he lost fifth to Fernando Alonso, took it back, didn't get fastest lap, and then lost it because of the penalty, ended up sixth. Ferrari, once again, what are you doing? Like... at what point does Ferrari go, yeah, maybe maybe we need to fire some people? Maybe we're the problem. Yes. <laughs> Gaslight Am I the is not working for you. No. You are the problem. Thank like, you. it's fully like, am I the drama? I, I can't be the be drama. The drama. <laughs> no, because it's them. Yeah, it's, it's them. Mitsubonato. It's Mitsubonato. I am looking at <laughs> you. Gaslighting. Literally. Stop gaslighting your entire pit lane. I like, I just, he's like, he's like, we literally don't need to make a change at all. Okay. Then why all of a sudden are all of your strategists asking the drivers for advice? You want to know what's hilarious? I saw a, I think it was a Santander commercial the other day. That's like allowing you to make split second decisions, a split second faster. 
or something like that. That's like the tagline to it. And that's like their sponsor and they're showing Ferrari in this. And I'm literally sitting here and I'm like, yeah, how's that working out for you? No, because that's embarrassing. Because I'm the way, so because sorry. Because the way every time they say something, they go, okay, we'll get back to you. I'm like, bruh, like, we don't have the time. business days. Like, you don't have the time for that. We don't have the time. Also, you don't have, like, there's no time to sit there and ask the driver what tire hey, so, you want, when you want. Hey, so, box. like, here's, like, your four options think it through get back to us um what lap were you thinking you wanted to box on i don't know like what i oh my god i hope i hope that they realize it's that a that dumpster fire right now the right approach i really hope so also i i, I have a terrible prediction okay lauren you'll like this prediction i think oh. i have a terrible prediction i believe Mercedes will take second in I think the, they will too in, in the constructors championship if now that's a big if and that's only if Ferrari continues to shoot themselves in the tires literally yeah like <laughs> that is good it can shoot themselves in the tires you know what we're gonna have to make an Instagram post of that one um I yeah because even if they can keep podium. Mercedes is podiuming too. And they need to be podiuming more consistently than Ferrari is. Well, but- well, even think about this. George and Lewis both have a single DNF for the entire season. George, in every single race he has finished, has been in the top five. Mm-hmm. It's it's the consistency that will get them Absolutely. number two. Absolutely. You know who and else I think- is Mr. Consistency? Nicholas Latifi when it comes to crashing. You know what? I just, I'm in an asshole mood today. I'm sorry. I need a nap. I agree though. I agree with that. All right. Now it is time for our pop culture princess. Tess <laughs> Nicole, take it away. All right. So this is from Drive to Survive. It is a clip of Charles in doing an interview for Drive to Survive with a little clicker and he says i have the longest contract in the history of scuderia ferrari and it says back then it was a flex (laughs) because now like that's really torture (laughs) yeah um we also have jim from the office dressed as dwight he says question and he has a little ferrari Ferrari. he says question what kind of tire is best (laughs) There's Let's just ask the drivers. Battlestar Galactica. Um, also, I know Lauren doesn't like this one because it's depressing. I also don't like this one because it's depressing, but uh there is a video of I don't remember where this video came from, but it's Max going up to the Red Bull thing, trying to open the doors and they're all locked. And everyone's like Daniel showing up for the Belgian Grand Prix this weekend. It's oh. all the doors are locked, they just won't let him in. It's just so painful. I know. We'll see what happens. Okay. We'll see. I I hope that I hope that the end of the season can go better for him, but it's just hard because I don't think they're putting in any effort to help. I don't it almost feels like they don't care at this point. Which is really It's sad. hard because it's like obviously they want the points, but Lando's like kind of up there in the drivers championship. So they're like, "Meh, whatever." <laughs> It's like they they just decided they would allocate all of their resources to Lando, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate. And that doesn't work. 
No. It just doesn't. And you know what? To be fair, I have felt like the team dynamics and equality in who's getting what treatment, I've kind of sensed that's been off since like the beginning of this year. Mm-hmm. And well, because just... think about it even this way. Daniel wasn't at preseason testing. He had COVID. Mm-hmm. And so then only Lando got to preseason test the car. And Which preseason just... testing, if you're not aware, yes, makes a huge difference in driver car development. Like it's, yeah, because it's a Lando very can say impact. Like Lando can say, "Oh yeah, this thing that's happening that really doesn't work for me." Daniel's not there to say that really doesn't work for me. He just yeah. gets to take Lando's word for it. And they have very, very, very different driving styles and simulator can only do so much there's data that simulator can only go off of data that is yes already the data has to be collected first in order for the simulator to process accurately which means that the car has to be driven (laughs) yeah which leads to a disaster if you are not the one who has driven the car exactly so anyways this is the last little pop culture princess moment we have alex albon um, with an edited photo of him in front of the DRS train. Absolutely. Why? <laughs> Locking the whole thing. And he said, P10, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. good I love stuff. Alex's sense of humor. He's so funny. Yeah. Good All stuff. Right. On that bombshell, you guys, it is time for us to end. This has been a long one. We're so happy to be back to regular uh, and regularly scheduled programming. Love race weeks. <laughs> yes. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, something you want us to talk about, please DM us on Instagram, comment on our Instagram. Let us know. We want to hear it. In the meantime, drink your water, eat your vegetables. Take a nap if you need one. Don't forget. Do your homework. Do your homework. (laughs) All right, you guys. On that, have a great week. We will see you next week after the Dutch Grand Prix. Dutch. Zundenfort. Something like that. Zundenfort. My Dutch is terrible. I promise I'll learn to pronounce it. I promise I'll learn to pronounce it before next week. Stay tuned for that. We will see you Mm -hmm. on the next episode of the Grid Sisters podcast. In the meantime, give us a follow on Instagram and TikTok. You can follow along on YouTube. And we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. of the grid sisters broad- podcast brought to you by the nyx this is juice gloss electrified light infused color lauren's flavor is passion fruit snatch tess's is watermelon sugar fitting fitting as the harry styles fan this isn't an actual commercial but it is funny